The interviews and discussions in this podcast are opinions only and not financial or investment advice. Listeners should obtain independent advice based on their own circumstances before making any financial decisions. This episode of the Stock Insiders podcast with me, Oriel Morrison, is sponsored by Barclay Pierce Capital, a leading Australian corporate advisory and equities trading firm. Focused on your vision, Barclay Pierce specialises in making it a successful reality. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Stock Insiders with me, Oriel Morrison. Now, today we're talking to loyalty and rewards program management company, My Rewards International. The company is listing on the ASX on the 11th of February. Uh, the ASX code post-listing will be MRI. The market cap at the time of listing will be just over $41 million. Australian dollars. Now, this is a company which generates revenue from program sponsors and the sale of gift cards, also goods and services uh, to, to its members and its members and, in fact, its clients are some of Australia's biggest names. Let's find out a little bit more about the company and the management team. We're joined now by the CEO, Maitri Kire. Uh, Maitri, welcome and thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you very much for having me. Now, I want to talk about the upcoming IPO. I want to talk about uh, uh, the company in more detail in just a bit. But first off, I just wanted to ask you about your journey, your own journey to get to this point to the CEO of the company, because you have been with the company for a number of years now, um, and you're also a major investor. That's correct. Um, I originally came to Australia in 2010 to study, did my master's in business administration at RMIT University. And that's when I started working with the company, doing part-time work. So started with doing one hour every couple of weeks, to then being full-time and running through most of the different jobs in the company and then investing myself in 2017 to become the largest shareholder and the CEO. Now, that, that was a pretty big decision and made some time ago now to become the major shareholder in a company like this. What what made you decide to do that? Um, I think having worked in the company, the directors and the team, it made me feel that I could see myself doing a lot more in the business and for the business. And hence, that was a decision that we took jointly with my husband to say, okay, yes, we are working in the company, uh, but what can we do more? And becoming an investor was a logical decision. So congratulations on the upcoming listing. There's a lot of work that goes into something like this, obviously. This is the second time the company will be listed. It was delisted in 2009 after only being listed for 14 months or 14 months of trading. This is obviously a new company, new strategy, new direction in, in comparison to that. So congratulations on that. Has it been a very tough journey for you to get to this point? Uh, it has been. It has been a very interesting and tough journey to get to this point, but it will also help me learn a lot more. Uh, working with multiple parties, be it the ASX and, and our lead managers, Barclay Pierce, it has been an extremely eventful and a good learning journey for everybody in the team. So one of the biggest uh, questions that companies get asked when they're about to IPO or just past the IPO is what these funds are going to be used for strategically that, that you raise through through the IPO. When I did some research a, a few months ago, the focus seemed to be on the launch of some new tech, the integrated digital wallet, which we'll delve into in more detail in just a moment. Um, but it seems to focus now, if you have a look at uh, what the plans are for the funds, is more on international and expanding 
internationally, leveraging strategic partnerships and, and so forth. So when I ask you now what the focus is going to be for 2022 post the listing, what are those funds going to be primarily deployed for? The company is looking at a very holistic way of growing. We are looking at what we do currently, which is our employee and member benefit programs, and expanding that into the Australian market and becoming the leaders that, that we should, should be with the, with the funds. We're also looking at strategic acquisitions. And as part of the IPO, we would be acquiring Perks Rewards, who provides similar sort of services in rewards and loyalty. But along with that, our recently won client, which is RIA Financial, that's the world's second largest money transfer company, has opened up an avenue for us to go overseas um, as part of this as part of their launch process after Australia, we'll be heading into Malaysia and six other countries following that. That will give us access to over 30 million customers worldwide and, and basically set us up in multiple locations um, throughout the world. So, so you're talking about six other countries, so Australia, Malaysia, and then where are those six other countries? Are they all Asia Pacific or are they uh, European or North America? We have got a distribution amongst all the continents. Yes, there will be a couple of European countries. We're looking at North America as well. Um, the timetables for those are not yet decided, but yes, those will be coming up very soon. So obviously, I- I'm sure with that, that you've had to go through the process of working out how you expand culturally, obviously, uh, different languages, um, ge- different geographic locations, all of those uh, variances that-, that come together with international expansion. That's correct. Now, um, we've been uh developing our technology platform to be currency and language agnostic. So that allows us to basically go into any country, any location, and uh, use our existing technology stack to be able to provide services to any consumers in multiple languages. Um, Along with that, uh, the way the technology has been built, it helps us really minimize any manual intervention um, and so our existing team that will slowly grow over, the time, over time uh, would be able to manage and service all these different locations. So on the, so, so that's your um, international expansion and, and how you're planning to launch that through your strategic partnerships. On the domestic front as part of the, M, uh, as part of the, M, the IPO process, rather, uh, the companies agreed to acquire Perks rewards. Um, Can you talk to us about how this expanded group is going to help with the domestic market? So the expanded group gives us uh, the ability to do two things. One is using the technology stack that Mara Rewards has and the funding that we'll be raising through the IPO process. It will allow us to go to new prospective clients um, as well as launch our direct-to-consumer product, uh, which is getting launched shortly. Um, the Perks Rewards pro, uh, platform allows us to go to, to small and medium companies uh, to be able to onboard SMEs on, as, as our clients. Um, and so between the two uh, gives us a much wider ability to, um, to onboard new clients. So on the tech side, um, let's talk about the expansion of your e-commerce platform. Um, what does that look like over the next uh, 12 months? So at the moment, we have got over 250,000 products that we have access to through our platform, which we expect to grow up to uh, roughly about 8 million over the next few months. 
uh, we have the capability of doing two things. One is um, actually having the merchandise sold through our shopping cart and our e-commerce platform, but also have a referral system where if the if the retailer does not wish to participate um, and give us the merchandise, that they can be referred onto their platform and make the purchase directly onto their retailer's platform. So that allows us to tackle multiple suppliers uh, of different sizes very easily and grow the base uh, from there. I had a conversation earlier on today with um, some HR tech guys who were telling me that when, when it comes to jobs and the creation of jobs around Australia but elsewhere in the world as well, one of the most in-demand jobs is in technology. It could be software engineer but, you know, more to the point, it's actually AI. This is something that, of course, you guys are, are doing a lot of and you're very much focused on building out your AI and machine learning capability. Talk to us about this because this is an exciting new space. It is an exciting new space and, and also the, the steep curve in which technology has grown over the past decade, you know, trying to keep up with it and, and making sure you're at the forefront of the technological advances has been a, a key driver for the company. Um, our CTO, Patrick Hamilton, has decades of experience uh, with AI, machine learning. He's also an investor in the company. And so we've got, we've got a team who's totally dedicated and excited about the upcoming growth phase of the company. Now, talking about growth, you've currently got close to 5 million members. Your client base is well, include some of our biggest household brands here in Australia, like Telstra and, and Coles. What sort of growth do you see in this? And what are your forecasts uh, right now for growth? As I mentioned before, we would be focusing on trying to onboard as many more companies as we possibly can, both in the field of employee rewards and recognition and also loyalty for consumers. Um, unfortunately, under the prospectus period, we're not putting out any forecasts, so I can't really talk to that. But the aim is to, to try and have large and medium-sized companies onboarded over the next coming months. Now, you've been generating around $30 million in annual revenues, um, no small amount of, of money. How close are you to breaking even? Um, again, sorry, unfortunately, under the prospectus, we haven't put out the forecast, so not really something I can talk to. But what I can definitely say, with the lined-up contracts that are already uh, getting implemented, there is a strong future growth, both in revenues and the bottom line. Um, let's talk a little bit about your, your revenue model then, um, largely from the margin that you make on each transaction. Is this the reven revenue model as, as you grow and as you focus on your international expansion that you will be continue with? Is, is there going to be changes to that particular model? Uh, moving forward? So a revenue model consists of two types of incomes. One is subscription fees that our clients pay us, and, and that's an annualized income, which gives stability towards, you know, to expected revenues going forward. And then there is transactional-based income. The transactional-based income can fluctuate depending upon the season and the month and, and what's happening in the market. But it is also something that really drives the revenues for the company. So going forward to, to answer your question, yes, our, our model will continue to be similar with having a two parts, one with annualized income from clients for subscription fees and then the revenues from transactions. Now, now we have touched on this, but only very lightly earlier on in the conversation. I mean, of course, 
Uh, COVID has had such a big impact on the pace of innovation um, in sectors right around the world, in almost every sector right around the world. And I would imagine that yours is is no different. In fact, the pace of innovation might be even faster in your in the particular space that, that you play in. But what has been the biggest changes that you've had to deal with over the last couple of years? Um, I think a, a major change that, that we have all had to adapt to is the lockdowns and, and having to work from home and how that influences the content and offering we can provide to our clients. Similar to us as a business, most of the companies have had their employees work from home for a better part of you know 18 months now. Um, and so how do you engage with them and, and innovate in order to be able to provide these services and keeping the employee engaged has been one of the biggest challenges for us. So, And, and how have you overcome those challenges, Maitri? There have been different uh, different things that we have done. We have, uh, we have adapted to the requirements uh, as to what the people are looking to buy, what is happening in the markets in general retail to see, you know, what is important now. At a point in time, it was going out. Now it has been home furniture, home office furniture, electronics, things like that. But also how can we bring these employees together and trying to host company events which are virtual and being assisting our our company employees to to get something delivered to their homes that they can then jump on together and have a shared event online. It's not the same as being face-to-face, but there is at least then some social interaction which all of us have missed out on. And does that involve, I mean, you you, you were talking about delivering things to your home, but, uh, you know, is that part of your tech innovation? Is that part of your innovation within the company as well? Um, that you need to focus on in th- this new way of of either work from home or, or hybrid work models? Um, yes. So um, even on, although we don't do the actual deliveries ourselves, we've had to adapt our systems to be able to provide be it digital delivery, physical delivery, talking to multiple suppliers and, and organizing that, uh, that delivery to happen. Um, so it has been a significant, how would I say, upgrade that we have done in order to cater for those things. Well, what, what are the biggest changes that your clients have asked for over the last couple of years? And do you see these kind of trends continuing uh, as, you know, sort of border restrictions ease and so forth? Look, I think um, this hybrid work is is here to stay. Um, many people are also finding that having that convenience of working from home especially now that they have in the last 18 months done the setup that is required is a lot more beneficial for work-life balance and focusing on mental health, uh, mental well-being and being able to to cope with the stresses that are there external to work. Um, that has been some of the key challenges that our clients have asked us to look at. So, um, Maitri, just before we go then, you know, we've talked about what your funds are going to be used for and what your company's strategic direction is. But for, from your perspective, what's the most exciting thing that that investors-to-be um, can expect to see from My Rewards International over the next 12 months? I think um, for all our investors, uh, ones who have been with us in the from you know a few years ago and the ones that are coming through the IPO right now it's going to be very exciting for us to go overseas um, in different markets uh, that have different uh, requirements for employees as compared to Australia with um, and making a change making an impact in those regions is going to be very exciting 
All right, we'll be watching very, very closely. Good luck again for the listing on the 11th of February. Um, Maitri, really appreciate your time today. Thank you. Ha- thank you very much for having me. And of course, thanks to all of our listeners uh, for joining us today. You are listening to Stock Insiders with me, Oriel Morrison. We'll catch you next time. This episode of the Stock Insiders podcast with me, Oriel Morrison, was sponsored by Barclay Pierce Capital, Australia's leading corporate advisory and equities trading firm. Barclay Pierce Capital provides specialised corporate advisory and equities trading services to privately owned businesses, small to medium-sized public and ASX-listed companies.